0: Slice Audio. Hello, my name is Mark Houston, and I am Andy Young, and welcome to the very first episode of my first concert, where we are going to be talking with people in the music industry—not just the artists, not just the uh, the, the musicians—but we want to talk to everybody in all fields, from radio to producing to the road managers. We want to find out why they're in this business and our very first guest that we're super excited to have with us is Bob Zwart.
1: Yeah, well, I couldn't think of a better guest for us, Bob. Bob and I have known each other for almost 20 years probably. We spent six years together on the road in Judd Hoose. I mean, he's just a huge influence on me personally working in the music industry and I just thought he'd be a great first guest for us.
0: us a little background bob on 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 when this all started for you
2: well it was just me and my brother randall in the day he he had already had a band in grade school and i just was enthralled with the whole idea of playing drums and didn't know singing was going to be what i really latched on to you know so we played all the time in the basement at my folks's house and you know it's just really, the passion was there right away, and didn't all so shitty at it, but I had just kept working at it <laughs> were you
0: were know. were your were your parents uh musically inclined Bob
2: uh not really. My mom played a little violin uh and uh my older sister played piano and sang a lot, so there was some drive in there somewhere somewhere in the vein it was there but I think me and Randall are the only ones that ever pursued it, though.
0: You do feel that this was your life path right here? Did you yeah, have did that feeling as a
2: kid? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I didn't want to go to college. Uh, I looked into it. That was going to be a shit move for me. I couldn't sit still in high school. <laughs> yeah, I just I pursued,
1: I just pursued the band business,
2: Where...
0: drumming
1: in
2: particular.
0: Where are you from originally? Are you from uh, the eastern part of the state? Del Rabbits, originally. okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Awesome. Well, I I guess I'll just kind of get started. I mean, Bob, you and I, we've known each other for a long time. You know, we spent- Oh, absolutely. We spent, you know, at least six years together on the road in the band, and, you know, we we lived hundreds of miles apart. I mean, I lived in Nebraska for a while while I was in the band with you, and um, even then, you know, we still were able to spend a ton of time together, and- uh, I don't think I ever really got to tell you thank you for you know exposing me to this world and you know really changing the trajectory of my life and and uh, kind of bringing me in. Well,
2: it's nice to hear, but also you kept mine alive, you know, <laughs> when you came along.
1: So. Yeah, and I mean, and, and and just for me personally, I mean, it's you you really kind of dictated a lot of what I learned about the industry and like what it means to put a show together because there's so much more to it than you know four five six guys just learning songs on guitars or whatever it's like what's happening before the song you know what are you doing unique in the middle of a song and and how are you ending the song to get immediately into the next song so you don't lose anybody you know that's definitely just the craft of the show is definitely something that i think you've kind of inspired a lot in this region with the way that you guys um you know just toured and put shows together for a long time
2: yeah we thought that all along that me and my brother, Randall, we always thought you had to be, you know, doing something like that to keep people's attention. Always did. Yeah. Do and you... when I go see a live band, if they don't do that, it bugs me. I, I don't like dead right. space, but you know, everybody's to their own that way. Do you feel like
0: you were an innovator out here, Bob? Mm, I guess looking back, I
2: think I am and, and was maybe I'd never, I never sat back and thought of it though. You know, it's just, uh, but now the when I hear you guys talk and since I left the band and some of the people that have approached me, I, I guess I do. Because they pointed out to me. I see it and hear it now.
1: And I always thought, like, before I joined the band, too, you could just see it, It's like, okay, this is the model. And then you could see other bands, like, doing their version of that, you know. Yeah. I mean, even with Zorte, I mean, that was like, you know, you're going to show up no matter what room you're playing. And you're going to show up, and you're going to have the biggest PA and the biggest uh, light show that anybody's ever seen in a room that holds 200 people, you know.
2: Yeah. yeah. We did, We did think that way. There's no doubt. We, we spent more time before Swarte got going saving money for gear than rehearsing. We were so anxious to have the right production, you know. We had not mastered our craft in any sense. We were so shitty, but we were hungry. <laughs> hungry, hungry, mask that, over shitty, you know.
0: Well, and that's, and that's, I think that brings up a very good point. Uh, you know, I think that the passion for it, in a way, can lead you to greatness, before you, before you know, technically you've achieved it. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's that's probably accurate. You know, there's a lot of adulation in people coming to see and hear what you have to say and do, and that didn't fall out of the sky. You had to work for it.
0: Do you still? Do you still feel you have that fire inside of you a little bit, Bob? There's a little bit.
2: Uh, I'll be honest. There's a little bit. There's definitely not a lot. Um, I don't know if it's age. Uh, Andy's heard me spiel on this a little bit, but. It's, it's a little bit of age, so I know a little too much. So it's the carrot doesn't dangle as bright as it used to, you know. It doesn't make me as hungry to do it. Uh, the, the kind of music nowadays, I absolutely do not care for any of it. It all sounds like ass to me. <laughs> and that's that probably happens to everybody that gets a little older. They just don't like that music anymore, you know. Yeah. So, a lot, so a lot of things drove me out because I got older, wiser, more seasoned. And then it became, without being rude, I can't help it, it became boring. You know, and it wasn't anybody's fault, it's just me getting older and seeing seeing it through a different lens, you
0: know. Well, and when you it's guys good. when you guys were at your at your peak here, I was in I was in radio in Rapid City here, but that was the boom of country. So I you know, that was kind of my background. So I never right. got to see you guys at your peak, but I, I always knew who you were. Meaning Zwarte. Meaning Zwarte, yes. You you guys were never, you know, you, I mean, you guys were, you were everywhere. And even people that didn't follow or listen or go to your show still knew who you were. I think that's the impact right. that you had in this area. And uh, I saw you get up on stage uh, at the rally uh, with, with Judd Hoos for a few songs. And I think that that, that that spark you speak of a little bit, it, it, it still clearly shines through when you put a microphone in your hand and you you, you stand up on that stage.
2: That's nice to hear. And I ain't going to lie. When, when I don't have to worry about payroll and <laughs> speakers blowing up and road crew getting paid and who's going to be late, sound check, just to walk up on stage and grab the mic is honestly the easiest part of the whole job. Everything between it is the hard part.
1: Yeah, that's not even work. I mean that just
2: yeah, it just test of what I just said. When you're <laughs> driving by all them white lines down that highway yeah. to each town, it it'll start to have that's that's the change, you know, that's what that's the packet in and 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 the wear out right there. So
0: uh do you have a prefer and uh, this is a very hard question to answer, but I I wanna throw it out there. So you were such an integral part of Zwarte and obviously an integral part of Judd Hoose. Do you have a favorite? Do you have or or were the styles different enough to where it, it kept your interest in both bands?
2: Um, when we first started Judd Hoose, it had, it had a lot of my impression on it because I kind of got to bulldoze what I had in mind. And the people in the band at the time were just open. They were like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. It, it, and then as Judd Hoose started to get uh, changing out musicians, the direction, it wasn't a bad thing, but just took a direction that didn't move me like it used to. It wasn't as hard a rock. And in the defense of the guys that were joining the band, Andy and and, and the Bill's Boys, and the the music they were into, I don't blame it. I, was, I had my thing, and that music didn't drive me like the other stuff. And I couldn't make these guys play hard rock. And in their defense, hard rock was hard to sell. You couldn't even... You couldn't even do it. Anyhow, so it was becoming where, okay, we're to market. What we're doing is going to get harder and harder. We were, at the time, we were mostly a cover band. Judd Hoose now is way more of an original band than a cover band, which is what I used to be in in Zorte. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it became a tough, tough deal deal to stay in because it, it if it don't move yet, you, you're in trouble. You you got it's gotta move you. It's gotta have it's gotta be something you can't wait to sing and do, you know?
1: Exactly. Because it takes so much sacrifice to be able to do it and go out on the road. And and if you don't care for it, I mean, there's a million easier ways to make a living than to try to make music and force people to care about your music even a fraction of as much as you do. And if
2: But I was blessed on that note because the guys in Hoose are dear friends of mine. And Shane in particular is the best business partner and I've had several businesses. He's the best business partner I've ever had. He's so level-headed. So, so eye to eye on, a, on so many things. So when I departed, it was one of the nicest peacefulest things I've ever been a part of and it was never a problem. And, and then these guys have carried the torch on and beyond what I could have done for them. I would have held them back. I know I would have, cause you know, I was old news and it was okay. I can say that, you know, I'm stuck in what I was into and, Well, time changes and time goes by and it's not like that anymore.
1: (laughs) Well, let's let's jump back and go to kind of like what what the, you know, premise of the whole show is like we want to know, like, what what was the moment where you knew that you were like, oh, I can make a living playing music. Or even if it's not a living, like I can I can spend my life working in music and, and be happy.
2: The very, very first live show I ever did was at our own bar. It was in Minnesota. Me and Randall owned our own bar and we had a ballroom attached to it. There was probably only 15 people in the crowd. It was our very first show, and we only played about five songs. I can't remember why it was so short. There was a reason. Uh, I think we knew about 10, but we played five. <laughs> and I remember one of the tunes was Judas Priest, and I, I, we were so terrible. We we didn't know we were. I just remember I think in my head there was 1,000 people out there, but there was 12 or 15. <laughs> and I was up on them drums going, "This is it. This is this is the shit right here." <laughs> you know? That's awesome. And that was the very first live show, and that was the worst we were ever going to sound. It only got a little better from there.
0: <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember the very first concert that stuck in your mind, Bob? The very first show you, you went like, to that you're like absolutely yes.
2: It was uh, a friend. I got to tell you a little backstory. Because sure. Um, a, a friend of mine. He was he was your total Beavis and Butthead doper dude in school, and he told me he had he had tickets to Molly Hatchet at the arena if I wanted to go with. And I couldn't believe. I could go to the arena at about age, I suppose I was 12. And but I went with this doper guy. And and you know, he's a good dude, but to this day he's still a doper and kind of <laughs> stepped back. He never he never came out of it, let's put it that way. This guy took me, so the experience was from them eyes, you know. And he knew every damn Molly Hatchet song there was. And I only knew about five of their songs. But when we got there and I saw the show, I absolutely loved it. And we had really bad seats, way away, and you couldn't see the stage hardly. But I remember when I left there, I go, "This, this is definitely what I want to do. I'm gonna, I'm going to be on a stage like that." And I wouldn't have went if it weren't for I can't say his name, but the- we'll bleep it out.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> where, where was the show at? Yeah, at the Sioux Falls Arena. Sioux Falls Arena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's I enjoyed
0: awesome. it. Well, Bob, this has been a, a great conversation, and 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 I'm I'm really happy you decided to be our, our first guest for this. You know, you you've definitely made a a huge impact, not only in the state of South Dakota, you know, part of Sturgis as well. You guys, uh, you guys did pave the way for a lot of bands in this area to understand what it means mm-hmm. to put on a show, and that's that's what this industry is all about bottom line
2: yeah it's you're right i mean it's a show's a good a good show everybody likes a good show the things i my take on music today is i i listen to the radio i listened i listen to what's going on and i'm hearing this just amazing stuff the process the what they can do to a song nowadays it's just amazing i mean They take drum tracks, they take vocals, they take everything and just buff shine it beyond what you could think. And that's really got my, I'm like, wow, this is almost, this is a whole different planet when it comes to music to me with my ears, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was in the old days, we were on big analog tracks, just recording all those Vorte songs, all of them. You couldn't, you couldn't really play with that stuff unless you splice the tape, literally cut the tape, you know, you couldn't do all those tricks like that. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it, it, Music doesn't sound like music to me anymore. It's some it's some it's from somewhere else. It's so different, you know.
0: Well, Bob, thank you, man. This was awesome. This was a great conversation. Yeah. I'm glad I finally got to meet you a little bit. I've seen you around enough, yeah. and, and and in the future, you know, uh, we'll have to sit down and, and have a drink and, and talk some more because uh, I love uh, hearing I can these be good stories. At that. Uh, <laughs> again, Bob, thank you so very much, man. We really appreciate it. All right,
1: Andy, love right. you, brother. Yeah, love Take you too. Care. Thanks, Bobby Z. See you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jacquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Hatton. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.